Hello, I'm Ollie from near Philadelphia. I'm Cinna from near Ohio. Near sometimes vaguely flavored like Ohio. <laughs> In the vicinity. <laughs> and this is Backlist and Chill, where we read older young adult books and drink about them. Mm-hmm. This this is season 14. We hope everyone's excited for Melissa Marr. You should be. You should be more excited for this one than you have past ones, that's for sure. Right? It's been a while. You know, even though we, we love our girl Lisa Jane half the time, mm-hmm. that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Half the time. <laughs> I feel like if we really looked at it, the percentage would be skewed a little lower, but we'll be generous and say half the time. Yeah. For the sake of the people who end up buying the books to to read and then listen to the podcast, fucking hope. Yeah. It's half the time. All right. And today we are starting with book one in the Wicked Lovely series, appropriately mm-hmm. titled Wicked Lovely. I'm excited for this. Good. What a what a change of pace. Ugh, totally. And you know, like especially since this one in particular, we have put off I think three times recording. Sounds right. Just for various reasons. Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad we're getting there. But I do want to tell you about the state of the park. Yes, please. I'm so curious what what you can spin up out of this story. Okay, okay, okay. So, the great part of this book mm-hmm. is that um, a very small portion, like maybe like one chapter, takes mm-hmm. place at a, a fairy fair. Oh, Yeah. Right? So I was like, this is great. And they've given us a lot of good refreshments. So Mm. we have added two things to the park from this book. Okay. We have a refreshment stand where we are now selling summer wine. Yeah. Beautiful golden liquid that'll make you dance the night away. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have opened up a fairgrounds area where you can, in fact, dance the night away and drink our summer wine. Oh, like an open air, okay, but like, is it like a bar or is it like an open air concert area where there's like grass and fields and stuff? It is, so there's uh, like a tent so okay. that you, you're not trapped by any, you know, metal or anything like that. We have to let our mm. fair folk hang out. That's fair. Yeah. So there's there's a tent area with some picnic tables and refreshment stands and you can dance under the sky or you can hang out and dance under the tent if it's, you know, a little too cold. Now, I feel like this has greatly increased our employee load because I feel like you can't go to this area and not have just weird ass fairies walking around all I over know. the place. I feel like as we go along in the series, most of what we're probably going to be adding to the park is mm-hmm. just hires. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're just going to be adding mascots. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we treat it like a little Ren fair area. You know, it's like, all right, we got to get this guy in with the tusks and we got to get a winter, a winter girl in, you know, so that people can hang out and dance and have a good time. Some photo opportunity areas. Oh, that'd be know, so good. You could sit in the Summer King's chair. Yeah, and you occasionally, you know, if you can find him, Keenan will be there. He'll take a picture with you. You can sit on his lap. <laughs> for sure. For <laughs> sure. Everybody can be a summer girl for about 30 seconds. That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, we need to hire like six summer girls. Okay, but I genuinely love this in like a not imaginary way. Like, this is a great addition to the park. Because like... There's so many weird fairies that they describe. So I'm picturing like this mashup of like 
Halloween Horror Nights, but also just a rave. Yeah. You got to have some DJs. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the from the get-go in this book, there's mention of clubs. So, like, music is part of it. And, you know, Summer has, you know, their music and all of that. So, so it feels very appropriate to add to the park. And it was something we were truly missing. Yeah, we didn't have like a like a social area. And, you know, yes. we saved a lot on employees for the last couple of rides. So <laughs> I think we can we have a little room in the budget here. <laughs> right. I mean, one of those one of those wasn't even being opened. It was just you stand in line and then be told, oh, this is an opening today. <laughs> Why don't you go check out Wicked Lovely instead? <laughs> right. <laughs> Go over to Fairyland. You'll have a much better time. You know what? In fact, we'll just station somebody at the Amelia Water Roads portion of the park and just have them direct people to the Wicked Lovely just portion of the Just usher them on. Yeah, just like, you know what? Don't bother. Don't bother with this one. <laughs> this section of the park shouldn't exist. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> we've, we've already built it, so we're not going to unbuild it, but you right? shouldn't be here. Nobody should be here. No. Did you think that you liked it when you were a kid? Let me let me just bring you to Melissa Marland. Yeah, you'll like this one much better. So much better. So since we have refreshments happening at our place in mm-hmm, the park, mm-hmm. what are we drinking in reality currently since we're not at the park? Mm, what are we drinking? Do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. So I'm drinking, what is it? I think the St. George again, absinthe. Shock. Mm-hmm. But... As I mentioned to you, oh no, there's no ice because this fucking fridge doesn't make ice for six months now. <laughs> and I was still working on finishing the book. And you were like, but what about a hot drink? And I was like, mm-hmm. fucking sold. Because <laughs> this this whole book is, you know, winter and summer and all of that. So I was like, fuck, well, I didn't even think of that. Of course, drinks can be hot. I've been drinking tea forever. Yeah. I grabbed this Celestial Seasoning Tension Tamer tea. It has all kinds of shit in it that I like, but including something that like I can't pronounce and I've never had it before, but I guess like helps you calm down. But there's also cinnamon and licorice root and lemon and ginger and just like seven other herbs and spices. Damn. And so I turned that tea into a simple syrup because just tea and absinthe was going to be fucking gross and ugh. Okay. And then I made tea. So it's the Tension Tamer Tea, the Tension Tamer Simple Syrup, and <laughs> oh then God. a shot of absinthe. And I'm calling it a Reluctant Queen. Oh, I like that. Thank you. He used it like once, and I was like, oh, that is a great title for a book. And then he nice. used it again, and I was like, that is a great name for a drink. <laughs> you know what? Fine, I'll take it. <laughs> right? I'm going to steal it right now. And it's good, and the Simple Syrup is so good. Oh, I'm glad it's good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. I was unsure, but it worked out. How about you? Uh, So I bought a lavender simple syrup that I've been Ooh. using off and on, but I really bought it for this because I wanted to make like a pale lavender purple drink to go with this. Oh, and it well, is. Well, the cover is much more saturated than it was in my memory, and it's much bluer, but in my mind to go with this cover. So I made a lavender lemonade. Lovely. Yep. It's just lavender simple syrup, some lemonade, and then I used the last of our Bacardi Limon rum. It was way too sweet because lemonade does already have sugar in it. And then I poured (laughs) more sugar in it with just a hint of lavender. (laughs) 
I would probably recommend doing like some mix of the lavender syrup and lemon juice and then okay. maybe a proportion of lemonade. Because I tried to go back and make something similar with just lemon juice, but this thing that I'm drinking now is way too citrusy. Oh, man. So there has to be a happy middle, but yeah. I haven't found it. I mean, lavender lemonade sounds super good, so. And it definitely exists, so somebody's figured it out, but it wasn't me today. No. What are you calling it? I don't know. I didn't really have a good name for it. I didn't want to call it summer wine because that had a very specific description. Yeah, it was like golden. Yeah, it was. It basically looked like the thing that I made for our uh, Valiant episode, so I didn't want to do that again anyway. You could call this a winter girl. Yeah, I think, well, see, here's the thing. I feel like lemonade is a very summer drink, though. It is, but Danya, she's very summery inside. I feel like I want to pay tribute to Danya in a different drink for a different book. Because I feel oh, like that one's got to be like, maybe. Maybe. I just, <laughs> having read Holly Black, nothing is beyond potential. Where I'm like, this might be the end of these characters. Bye. Oh, no. I mean, this is a series with some side books. So, yeah, okay, she'll be back. So. Um, but no, so maybe we'll, we'll call this, maybe I'll call this like an Ashlyn or Ashling. Excellent. Well, it sounds good, minus the too sweet. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was drinkable because I drank it. So, yeah. Alrighty. We are moving on to the blurb, which, so I went to listen to the uh, intro episode uh-huh. we did, and you started, you know, you read it. I still haven't listened mm-hmm. to that part. I was like, oh no. Oh, you skipped it? I did. Nice. <laughs> so I still haven't read this. All right. Rule number three don't stare at fairies. Ashling has always seen fairies. Powerful and dangerous, they walk hidden in the mortal world. Ashling fears their cruelty, especially if they learn of her sight, and wishes she were as blind to their presence as other teens. Rule number two, don't speak to invisible fairies. Now, fairies are stalking her. One of them, Keenan, who is equally parts terrifying and alluring, is trying to talk to her, asking questions Ashling is afraid to answer. Rule number one, don't ever attract their attention. But it's too late. Keenan is the Summer King, who has sought his queen for nine centuries. Without her, summer itself will perish. He is determined that Ashling will become the Summer Queen at any cost, regardless of her plans or desires. Suddenly, none of the rules that have kept Ashling safe are working anymore, and everything is on the line. Her freedom, her best friend Seth, her life, everything. Fairy intrigue, mortal love, and the clash of ancient rules and modern expectations swirl together in Melissa Marr's stunning 21st century fairy tale. That's a good blurb. Yeah, no, it's very evocative. Yeah, that's what happens. I'm proud of it. <laughs> no notes. Zero notes. Um, but I I do have a note. Um, there's on a the back of. Do you have a um hardcover or did you read a? I do. Does yours have a quote from Tamora Pierce on the back? Mm-hmm. Riveting and dark. I love this tale of a smart, tough girl who walks the razor's edge between an ancient fairy curse and her future. And I love that. That's just like, that's it. That's all that's on the back. Just this like, this nice quote from a very famous fantasy author. I feel like getting Tamora Pierce to do it was a very specific choice too, because like Tamora Pierce is very 
well known for like her, you know, lady nights and stuff. Yeah. And for her to, to specifically call out Ashling being a smart, tough girl. Right. And to get her to blurb like this very, very paranormal romance looking book. Yeah. It's a very specific choice, you know, like, don't, no, don't be, it's not going to be like those other ones. Right. They did a bang up fucking job on the blurb, on the person they got to, to blurb it. Mm-hmm. Now, ah, tell us about this cover. Well, I mean, it might be like the most beautiful cover ever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's real. It'd be really hard to beat this one. It is just a photo, I think, which is one of the most important parts about it. It's a photo. It is an out of focus girl in the background. You can see the lower portion of her face, her lips. Uh, the outline of her shoulders and some of her chest. But the focus of the image is a flower cupped in her hands. Mm -hmm. I would guess it's an iris because I think irises were important at some point in the book. But it is like a pinkish purple flower that is meant to look like it's slightly frosted. And so are the girl's hands. Um, So it looks like she's got like a little bit of frost or snow clinging to her hands and her fingers and she's cupping this flower. And it's all done in tones of like blue and pink and some purple, but really only as a like incidental mixing of the blues and pinks. And then at the bottom, it sort of goes into shadow where the title is. And the title is with this lovely like leafy filigree. And on my copy, it is raised. I have a first edition, so mine as well. Yeah, it feels very nice because the cover is like very matte. And then you touch the kind of metallic looking letters. uh, And it's in like a a silvery green. And it's Wicked Lovely by Melissa Marr. A siege silver. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole jacket design is really nice. Like Mm -hmm. the the spine is gorgeous. Like, yep. it looks nice sitting on a shelf. I have all five of them. They look really good together. It's good. It's good. All right, I'm going to smell it. Let's see. Oh, we should probably call out the photographer, too, if I can find that information here. It's like a, a hint of paper. I'm not getting the normal latex smell we would get from this period mm-hmm. of, like, the glue. And the paper is definitely porous. It's not, um, it's not that slick white paper. Yeah, mine smells like old laundry. <laughs> Did you have the photographer's name you said you found? Yeah, so the photo was taken by Mark Tucker, who is also, who's done like a lot of Melissa Mars covers. He's nice. He's been the photographer for most of them, as we discussed in our intro episode. Yes, yes. And then the jacket design was done by Christopher Stengel. Very good. I'm looking at the names and I'm noticing her um, author picture. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing it back in the day because it always amused me that she's wearing a Nightmare Before Christmas, like, hoodie mm-hmm. or something. It's just like, here's this girl. You know, she's a woman. But, like, here's yeah. this girl that I would probably have run into, just maybe be in my friend group. <laughs> yeah, it's a very casual photo. Yep. Looks very candid. It's like, you're just a person and then you wrote this book, huh? <laughs> huh, a person you? wrote this book? Right? Weird. Not a magical writer who just <laughs> arrived fully formed in the world? Mm. It's a good cover. It's a good blurb. 
It is. It's a good combination. So I guess the next question is, was it a good book? I, this is my first time reading it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to keep reading it as fast as I had to. Okay. Because I wanted to be able to savor it. Mm -hmm. And like, I have been trying to read this book for weeks Mm -hmm. and like my brain, you know, has not really fucking been there for a lot of it, both before going on vacation and then coming back from vacation. Yeah. But like, I really enjoyed it. Good. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy this is the book that we've like come back on Mm -hmm. after a little break. But I was just like, oh, I want to read it so slowly. (laughs) So knowing that there's, you know, a bunch more in this series and some of these so characters many. will return is nice. Mm-hmm. A shit ton more, you might okay, say. Okay. <laughs> How was it on a reread for you? I <laughs> feel a little bad to say that I was completely emotionally unmoved by this book. Aww. It was it was fine. Like, intellectually, I approve of it. Are there other ones in the series you like better? Maybe. You know, it's hard okay. to say. I don't know. This is just my specific reaction this time reading it, where I was like, yeah, that that was a book. Um, <laughs> I don't feel a particular way about it. How interesting. I approve of the characters and their decisions, and I think they, she made some interesting decisions, but I didn't, I didn't, like, emotionally connect with anybody or any particular thing. So oh, it's sort of just like, eh, yeah. Is eh. this, like, your second time rereading it, or, like, have you read it a bunch? No, this is probably the second time. How interesting. How interesting. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just, I finished it the other day and I was like, how do I feel? And then it was like, nothing. All right. Weird. We carry on. Wow. (laughs) Well, I don't know why I really enjoyed it, but I did. I mean, versus you. No, I mean, I'm glad that you did. And like, I, like, again, I I don't dislike it, but uh, feelings. Yeah, like I'm not walking away being like, this is the best fucking book in existence and everyone <laughs> should read it. But I was like, I, I really liked it. It was a fu- it was a book where stuff happened and like mm-hmm. the characters were characters. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of like consent <laughs> on oh, yeah. the page from like a meta perspective of young adult. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, they really talk about things in this a lot. That's nice. Yeah, and... You know, the fairies, of course, it's like fairies are mm-hmm. really bad about consent in most mm-hmm. books. So that was an interesting uh, thing to have there on the page. Mm-hmm. I also noticed for me that reading the book and having like this volatile summer king, I almost called him a prince, who's like happy, but then angry, but then back to happy. Mm-hmm. I was like, this reminds me a lot of like the bullshit den characters that we've read in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. but. It's okay because they're fairies and I'm used to this. <laughs> As you opposed have an to like, excuse. I'm a vampire and I'm going to be mad and now I'm fine and my mood has changed. I'm like, no, fairies are this way. This is part of the, the issue with fairies. Right. Well, and the book is very specific about like, you know, this is the summer of them. This is the summer of Keenan. This is how it manifests in yeah. him and in Ashlyn, whereas the winter fae. Uh, manifest differently and presumably you know the high and the dark courts also are different so there's a reason for it is what i'm saying 
Yeah, it's like just part of them. And like, and as she becomes more Faye, you know, she's like, oh no, I'm I'm feeling this way and doing these things. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's part of the plot as opposed to just bad writing. Yeah. And then like even Danya will like call it out in her narrative of being like, oh, there he goes again. Yeah, everybody's very aware of it. Um, I did want to, I did read the the Sleeping Girl and the Summer King. Oh, what's that? The short story that she wrote before she wrote this, that she oh. sort of turned into this. Okay, okay. Um, it is very, very similar to uh, Wicked Lovey, obviously. Um, it's just sort of a, the, the shortened fairy tale version that you would get like at the beginning of the Disney movie or whatever. Uh-huh. It is about a girl named Ashling, spelled with a G this time, who is the sleeping girl, which mm. is the girl who dreams spring into existence and wakes up when the summer king wakes up to like sort of be his companion. And then when she sleeps, uh, it's winter and the, the winter girl, they don't call her that, but the spirit of winter uh, takes over and the summer girls who are past sleeping girls watch over her while she sleeps until she huh. wakes up the next year. But in this one, Ashling is the sleeping girl in her childhood. Oh. And when she sort of becomes a woman, then she has to make the choice between becoming a summer girl or becoming the next. It was a, a very long Irish word that I did look up the spelling of, but that was like six hours ago. Okay. starts with a C. Anyway, it's a title, um, but the, the winter woman, basically, she's an old woman. Uh. And so the story is just a few pages of her spending time with the winter woman and trying to decide if she's going to be a summer girl and be able to live her life in summer and spend time with the summer king in a way that's implied to be like more physical and sexual because... Because she's a woman now. Yeah. Um, or be the the new winter woman who gets basically independence. You know, she oh. gets to experience winter by herself and on her own terms, but then she can never be with the summer king because she is the one who dismisses him. Right, right. It's interesting. I see traces of, of that in the resolution here. Yeah, I mean, and at the end, uh, Ashling makes a choice to become the new winter woman and the older winter woman who is, again, actually an old woman in this one, basically gets to die, which she is grateful for. Right. The end of it is basically her going to wake the next sleeping girl, the sleeping child. Wow. And handing her off to the summer girls and then dismissing the summer king in like a sort of bittersweet, like... I exist and now you don't kind of way. Yeah. So interesting. It was very good. It was very, it was written in a different style, more of like an old fairy tale style. The thing that I think I like most about this book is the concept. So it's a cool concept in both forms. I'm glad that you had the opportunity to read that one. Yeah, me too. I'm glad that she put it out there. She's got a shit ton of short stories, but it took a little while for her to put it out there. Well, very cool. Yeah. All right, the plot, since we've discussed briefly. Mm-hmm. I think we can do this pretty fast, right? It, not a lot happens. Not much happens, so I think so. It's, it's a lot more of a character book. Yeah. So the gist of it is that one of my favorite moments is the very beginning where we see Danya, who is the current modern-day winter girl, how she became the winter girl. Yes. I, I also really liked that. 
oh, I'm glad. It is so good. Like, just like, it really sets it up. And it's not long. And, you know, you see that she's gonna, she's gonna pick up the winter staff. And she thinks she's gonna become the queen. And if she doesn't, she'll become the winter girl and have to tell the next, you know, girls that Keenan woos not to trust him and not to pick up the staff and all that. Like, this is part of a game between him and his mother. Mm-hmm. They say game, but, you know, fey games. Yeah. She picks it up. She becomes the, the winter girl. And then we flash forward to the future where we meet mortal sighted girl Ashling and her... Just a friend, Seth. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, uh uh-huh, sure. At some point, we'll meet her grandmother, who is also sighted. Um, We meet a couple of her friends and all that. But she runs into Kanan and Danya and can see them. And she's like, don't fucking look at them. Don't be, you know, don't attract their attention. And then he, like, reveals himself um, because they're invisible. But then they can make themselves visible. Mm -hmm. and and human looking and he chases her into the comic shop and then just becomes visible and walks in and like wants to talk to her and she's like why the fuck is this guy talking to me (laughs) right because she's been told her whole life not to interact with the fairies and she's seen them being shitty to everybody secretly like they are introduced like poking people pinching people hurting people slapping asses uh, which they can get away with because they are not visible. And so Ashlyn mm-hmm. is like, well, if they do that when you can't see them, like, what will they do to me when they find Who out can I can't? see them? Yeah. And she mentions at some point later in the book, she's like, look, they're going to fucking steal my eyeballs because yeah. like, they don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, upsetting to her because he's all like trying to flirt with her. And she's like, I don't want anything to do with this guy. And overall, the book is just basically about him trying to woo her Mm-hmm. Um, her slowly coming to accept that not only, you know, obviously she can see fairies her whole life, but now she's becoming one. Like, as mm-hmm. soon as he starts dreaming of the next girl, like, that's mm-hmm. fucking it for her. She's yeah. got two choices. One is, like in the short story you described, you can choose to become a summer girl. You never have to go through the challenge of picking up the staff like Danya did. And you can just stay forever as a summer girl. And they'll have silly fun times, dancing and fucking and feasting and drinking. <laughs> so much fucking. <laughs> so much fucking. I love, I love where his, his people are like, they have needs. <laughs> I know, right? They're like, ladies, the flesh is willing but spongy, you know? <laughs> we, we need more Faye to keep up with his, what is it now? Four score women? Yes, it's four score women. <laughs> Right? I like that Ashlyn finds out about this and she's like, is this consensual? And they're like, it's so consensual. We can't (laughs) handle it. (laughs) We need more people to sign on to fuck the summer girls. (laughs) They're going out with like clipboards, just stopping people on the street. Like, will you fuck these women, please? I'm (laughs) so tired. Do you see this young lady? She has needs. I'm dehydrated. Please. (laughs) I haven't slept in days. (laughs) all they want to do is fuck (laughs) they feed me wine and that doesn't help (laughs) (laughs) it just makes me sleepy (laughs) so funny Um, i just want to (laughs) sleep so that's one of her choices is she can do that and she does not want to do that no um and her other choice is to do the test where she tries to pick up the staff and of course, as we know from the opening, if you're not mm-hmm. the the summer queen, you will become the winter girl. And 
that fucking sucks. And Danya does everything, not everything in her power, but she explains why this fucking sucks. She shows her the cold and the way that she is um, controlled by the Winter Queen, Vera, Mm -hmm. Keenan's mom. And she's a fucking delight of a character. (laughs) Her description, her actions. I'm just like, I can see you in my head, you fucking monster. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Such a good character. Terrifying, but very good. Now, of course, when you pick up the staff, if you are the Summer Queen, you become the Summer Queen. Summer comes back into power. There should be balance. Everything will be great. However, there's a completely 100% uh, success rate on becoming the Winter Girl. (laughs) Right. So, doesn't want to be the Winter Girl. Doesn't want to be the Summer Queen, even if she is. Spoilers, she is. Because Mm -hmm. she wants her life. She wants to, you know, continue exploring this what becomes new developing relationship with Seth. She wants to go to college. She wants to still live with her grandmother. Like She has mm-hmm. friends. She's got a fucking life. And she's just like, these fairies don't get to take that away from me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, though, because she's going to become fae one way or the other. She can't stop mm-hmm. being mortal. Danya says, yeah, well, the only person who's ever gotten out of it died. So there is a third option, but you don't want that one, mm-hmm. um, especially if you are the Summer Queen, because then the world will die, because winter will just keep getting stronger. Right. I think that's one of the most interesting things that Melissa Mar does with these characters and with this uh, setup, is that, you know, Keenan is chasing Ashlyn, but it's not really because he's interested in her romantically, it's yes. because she's literally, and he calls her explicitly an object. She's yeah. an object that will allow him to reach his full potential. And, like, it's not just about him. He's concerned, concerned about the safety of his court and the the encroaching winter and being able to fight that back in the, you know, safety of the mortals as well. So, yeah. Like, he calls upon that to her where he's like, look, it, all the humans will die, too. Right. So it's a sense of duty for Keenan that he's going after Ashley. And even though obviously he's still like, there's some of his ego involved. He still, you know, definitely wants to like kiss and or fuck her. But that's not <laughs> right. He really... has such an idea in his head of what his queen would be right. and has never thought about what she would feel. And I love the nope. moment where like that gets brought up and he's just like, oh, I don't know if I would be good for Ashling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And he's something he's never considered before because he, you know, while he has some altruistic concerns, they are not concerns of the women that he's pursuing, right? They are just incidental. So it's really interesting that you have this love triangle, but it's not about like both of these guys want this girl because they love her. It's like it's it's a balancing of needs, uh, yeah. which makes it a little bit more compelling and less obnoxious, I think, is the most important thing. Like if these, you know, if these are just two dudes battling it out for a girl that they both like, that wears thin very quickly, Especially very often. When it's like she has consistently throughout the whole fucking book right until the very end been like, I love Seth, or right. or uh, Seth could never love me. You know what? Like yeah. I love Seth. Seth loves me. I mm-hmm. want to be with Seth. I don't know you. I don't like you. Right, and then you don't you don't have to deal with that dynamic of like, well, I know who the author wants this person to get with. I know who the canonical couple is, but we still have to do this dance of like three books of who's she going to end up with. Like yeah. that's not really the concern here right i love that it's like you i don't have to fuck you i don't have to be with you i just have to do my job as queen right which is something that keenan has literally never considered even though it's 
an imminent possibility. Like, why didn't you think of this, you dipshit? <laughs> she might not like you. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that is the thing. Like, he's never encountered a potential queen who didn't want him. So he didn't have to think about that possibility. I imagine that he probably thought to himself, wow, if the ones who picked up the staff and weren't my queen loved and cared for me as much as they did, imagine how Mm -hmm. much my queen will. Right. (laughs) I mean, he does, you know, he is a little bit of in awe of her when he sort of realizes, like, that she is the one. He's like, I have been waiting for you my entire life. So, like, he has this, like you said, this image built up of who this person was going to be. Yeah. And it was not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> very much. It's, it's just very interesting the ways that people will have ideas in their heads about, like, who their, like, perfect partner is. And those people always bother me because it's like, what about them? Yeah. What if they're your perfect partner, but they just, like, what do you got? <laughs> right. And I think that's, like, you know, Keaton is, again, not as predatory as a lot of because it's not like he has to fuck her to make her his queen right and he's not approaching it in a direction where like a lot of people do who are like i've built my fantasy around this person that i've seen at school a few times and i know who she is and i've decided what she's like and i'm going to project all of these things on (laughs) and i'm gonna marry her and have five babies Right. And then, you know, that has nothing to do with the person that they're projecting on. It's all them. That's real gross. So mm-hmm. that's not something that Keenan's doing, but it is something that Melissa Mar is addressing. Yeah. Well, it's funny because he, he doesn't know her at all. She's literally no one to him. He's been spending nine centuries imagining her. And he knows her for like, what, three days? Like, it's right? a very short It's what timeline. it feels like. Maybe a week? Yeah. He went to school for a week, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then by the end, he asked her to go to the carnival on Friday. And then like Monday morning, he wasn't at school anymore. <laughs> He's like, I've done what I needed to. <laughs> he fucking loved it. It was great. Because as soon as he shows up in school, I'm just like, oh my god. Right, the shit again. Right, and the fact that he's just like, I will follow you around. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) Not even pretending. Right, that's the funny part. Keenan doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'm here to pursue this girl. I'm not super concerned about the rest of this. (laughs) Right, you spend most of your time in this building, so I will spend all of my time in the building that you are there. Right, like Keenan's not looking to get his high school diploma. Like, he's fine. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He's not going to school. No, he's here to get his teenage girl and then he will leave. (laughs) So that she'll pick up the staff. So that she'll do this real wild and risky thing. Where if I'm wrong about her, she gets fucked over so much. I think that's the really interesting dynamic of it is that, you know, Keenan has been searching for her for nine centuries and he says like that he dreams of them. And that's yeah. sort of how he chooses them, or at least it's how he chooses Ashlyn. And it's sort of implied that that is how he finds his next person. So it's like, who, you know, who is giving Keaton these dreams that these poor mortal women? Right? I don't know. Spin a wheel. This one. <laughs> Who's doing this to you? There's there's a bunch of stuff that doesn't get addressed like that. And it's like, is, is this one of the other courtiers just pointing you in directions? Like, mm-hmm. how did you know? What if it was just like... Forever and ever and ever. <laughs> you know your queen's going to show up. 
Right. Yeah. And he, you know, he's been searching for nine centuries. It's like, yeah, maybe she's not out there, dog. Right. I feel like it would be interesting. Like, I'm fine with how it went, but it would be interesting Mm -hmm. if there was like this sense of every generation there is one who could be. Mm hmm. And, like, some of them have chosen to become summer girls. Mm-hmm. And some of them didn't love you enough when they picked up the staff and became winter girls or something. Or you didn't love them enough or whatever. I mean, that's interesting. That's a very real possibility that Keenan worries about. You know, like, he, he's yeah. like, she could choose not to take the test. And if she is the queen, then that's it. You know, she's never going to be the queen. She'll just be a summer girl. I wonder if a summer girl could choose to take the test after or if it's just, like, head empty, can't do it. They imply a lot, a few different things about the summer girls. They're super mean about the summer girls. They're real mean. I, I, there were more than one female character in this, so that's good. But they did get a little catty about the summer girl and some of Ashlyn's friends. And I was like, mm, I don't think I needed that. Her friends were also just like extremely tropey in that way. They were also baffling. Like I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop on why they were trying so hard to hook Ashlyn up with, and I'm going to keep calling her Ashlyn. I know it's Ashlyn, put a G in it. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Ash. Right. I feel like that was just a projection of him, that like, it wouldn't have happened to anybody else. Right. Just his, his fairy charisma. Yeah, I think so. That is kind of what I chalked it up to as well, but I was sort of waiting for Mar to tell me that and not just Leave me sort of assuming that her friends were just incredibly shitty. Because, like, she's really obvious and clear about the fact that that's not what she wants. And, like, when she was like, I don't want to sit with him. I don't want him near us. I was like, yo, I would fucking kick those friends to the curb if that Right, exactly. It's like, you don't know. Like, oh, he's handsome and he's attractive. What if the first thing he did was, like, grab my ass? Right. And I'm not telling you because you're, like, encouraging him to sit with us. Yeah, so I... I also assumed that it was his fairy mojo, but it yeah. it was also like, guys, maybe listen to your friend. You don't have to be this way. Maybe they'll address it in the next one. I don't know. Maybe. I do like that she gets to keep going to school, and so we'll have a chance to see those friends again. So she fends him off for a while, and then she's like, wait, no, the chase is what they enjoy, so maybe I'll give him a, you know, I'll throw him a fucking bone here and there. She's <laughs> like, oh yeah, things eased up, but then, oh no, I went to the fair, and I drank the summer wine, and... For a while, she was really worried that, like, did we have sex while I was drunk? And he was like, no, we didn't. But it was a real concern for her, mm-hmm. which, like, again, from a meta perspective, really nice to see in a young adult book of mm-hmm. a character being like, I am nervous about this. I didn't want to. And for the the man in her life, the guy in her life mm-hmm. to be like, he's the one who did wrong if that yeah. happened. That's lovely. <laughs> yes. To, to see here. Yeah. It was nice that they took time to address it. Like in a lot of other yeah. books like this, the the attempted rape or, you know, the threat of rape is a plot device to, you know, ingratiate one or the other of the suitors. Right. But in this, Mart literally stops and is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> if he did that, he's the problem. He's the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like we had three dudes outside the library before this, like early in the book, first like 100 pages, mm-hmm. there was the threat of, of rape to this character, to Ashling. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting him to show up, but it was Danya who showed up. And I was just like, yeah. <gasps> hooray. It's like, I don't enjoy that troping employed, but I, I see Mar employing it with intention, right? Yeah. 
I was like, I don't need this. I don't need you to be doing this. I don't need these three guys to be doing this. But like, thank you for sending the Winter Girl instead of the fucking Summer King. And thank you right. for having the Winter Girl be like, who fucking did this? This was clearly done, you know, like on purpose. Yeah. And Danya taking initiative, you know, as a, a woman to come in and save Ashlyn, another girl. Yeah, that was a much better solution than him white knighting. Because then I would be like, yes, what was going on there? Did he set that up? That's true. That's true. There is a seedier layer to that. Yeah. See the wine. She wasn't. She. They didn't have sex. There is sex in this book, but it's funny to me because like. Seth and her spend the night towards the end mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, we can ha- we can hang out and we can have a good time together, but no sex. And then it's like, he fucking goes down on her and you're like, that's mm-hmm. not sex. <laughs> right. He he very specifically says, we don't have to have sex, but there are other things we yeah. can do. <laughs> it's like, sir, that is sex. But I understand. No penis vagina. Right. We're here in 2023. Like, no, that's still sex. Like, right. I get, I get what you mean, but it's still sex. Right. Right. I thought it was so funny where she's like, wow, if sex is better than that. I'm like, it's probably not. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, Ash. <laughs> I mean, it might be for you because you're a fairy and maybe you got some like cool tricks that you can do. True, but, true. Like, maybe, maybe the wine helps you feel even better. But like, just nah. I think you peaked. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to be mortal. Have a dude be super into Kalingas. Seriously. He, I think he does it again the next morning. At least they imply yeah. that he does. So he's like, where's that pussy? Give it to me. I know. And he's like got a tongue <laughs> ring and he like jokes about it early on in the book. And you're just like, as far as we know, she didn't do shit for him. Nope. I'm like, good job, Seth. So I recognize what Mari is trying to do with Seth in, in terms of making him like an extremely, extremely supportive dude yeah. in Ashlyn's life but he's so supportive that it spins back around to being suspicious for me I'm like oh, what are you hiding so I spent so much of this book being worried that he like he was gonna secretly be a problem <laughs> he's the the dark court king or something As, yeah. I was thinking I'm like is he is he secretly working for the dark court what's going on why is he so good but like so he has like the coolest living situation oh as my far god as anyone cool. in any book ever I don't know how old he is but I'm assuming he's like probably 21 since he keeps getting beer which actually now makes this creepy because she's like 17 yeah I think he might just be like 18 or something but he is a full adult yeah and like i've definitely like through the book i was assuming he was like 18 19 Mm -hmm. but she mentions like oh this dude and this dude show up who graduated last year and it's like so is seth like two years older than you that's not too bad but he routinely has beer in the house i'm just realizing so well and they also invite him out to a club and they exclude ashlyn by saying that they check ids so right so i was like is it an 18 plus club that's, fair. that's okay that. like eh. yeah hopefully he's just like 19 yeah 17 yeah. 19 that's fine i was saying right so he's got the coolest fucking living situation he lives in a train yard that's unused clearly and um he's got like two train cars that are his house so it's like here are these steel walls and she's super protected and like mm-hmm. luckily he's a hottie so <laughs> right it just all really worked out for her like that dice roll just came up like sixes everywhere you know (laughs) her player was like okay i'll play this plot but here's what i want (laughs) i need like a super hot alt dude who can like 
live in the train yard with like a steel box. Like, I want a boyfriend and a safe house. Yeah. That's what I want from you to you know the plot you want to run with my character. <laughs> like, all right, fine. Also, he has to have a snake. So. <laughs> and when she finally gets to his room, I'm like, oh, he's secretly a goth boy. <laughs> this is just like all black and purple. I was thinking, this is so fun. Yeah, I I know what Mars doing, but he's he does strike me as a little like oh he's he's real cool. He's got all these philosophy books, and he reads like <laughs> and a boa. He lets just like slink around the house. And he lives in a train yard and he has all these piercings and he reads classic literature. And he loves me, 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 and only me. <laughs> right. That's the only thing he worries about. He was so sus. Yeah, I need I need Seth to come at me with some flaws, please. <laughs> Let's give this boy some dimension. Right? I would like that. I would like Seth to have some dimension. Because right now he is just too perfect Mm -hmm. like thank you for being a very good boy we need he's a good boy Mm -hmm. yeah but you know something somewhere i think he does i'm pretty sure he gets his own plot line in the books that follow so i'm sure he does get dimension in this one he's just real capital c cool (laughs) he's just this like added on attachment to this character he he is he's ashland's plus one because the, you know, the real characters that are involved in the story are Keenan and Danya and Ashlyn. So it yes, makes yes. sense. Here's her support mortal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, can I, can I have a seat for him? I don't really feel comfortable without him. And I don't, I don't want him under the plane. Do you have a license for your support mortal? <laughs> yes, from the king, actually. All right, fine. <laughs> fine, he could come here. I like the scenes where they're like trying to find ways to give him some ability of sight. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of research going on in this book. Mm -hmm. It reminded me more of Buffy than a lot of the books that label themselves as Buffy. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, we're hanging out in the library with Giles and we're looking up this latest problem. With books. With books. It was good. And uh, I think Danya is my favorite character in this. I agree. I I remember Danya being my favorite character as well. She's very good because she was mortal once and she still loves Keenan even after like, it seems like she was mortal in the 20s from the clues. I think that's that seems right. It's been a few yeah. decades for her for sure. And all that time, you know, it's like she still cares about this guy and probably has in fact like, you know, gotten to see more of him. So it's like you, you mm-hmm. care about this king. You've got a cool wolf. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> she also has her emotional support animal. Right. She's got this big ass wolf named Sasha. And I'm like, good, good boy, Sasha. <laughs> um, I loved her one guard, Evan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was just like, clearly he's got a thing for her. For sure. I love that. So my, my happy polyamorous polycool for these people <laughs> is Danya and Keenan get to be in love but so does her and evan (laughs) keenan and ashling are friends just friends who work together as the summer monarchs Mm -hmm. ashling and seth get to be together Mm -hmm. the end (laughs) yeah well you know they essentially come to that solution for themselves so good for good for them right it's so good we just need evan to be like even if there's like nothing like sexual between them he's mm-hmm. clearly romantic with her right and I, I think it's really interesting because they mention evan a lot you know they mention Danya mentions him 
being outside looking out for her most of the time, basically. The and one that, who will get closer than the others. Right. And th- that sort of thing sort of implies like, oh, maybe he's the one that she's going to end up with. Because obviously, you know, everybody has to pair off. That's how it works <laughs> in a YA yep. book. And like, here Mar is in 2004. Like, no. What if we just solve it a different way? Right. She's like, Danya is team Danya, but will also love and fuck Keenan. And we've got this nightly love coming her way from Evan. Um, <laughs> there we go. It's good. I was going to start talking about how much I like the resolution, but I, I'll wait till we actually get there. Um. Okay, we're almost there, I feel like. So things get a little different when it is revealed that she has the sight. Keenan starts questioning, oh, what if that's what the three old oracles meant by she's rare and I have to keep it from everybody. And like, Danya finds out and all that. And so it's the first time that he can woo one of his girls who like knows and can see. And Danya can like explain more to this gal. Mm -hmm. So those were some good scenes as well of her being like, sure, come to my house and I'll get you the right salve so that your boy here can see Mm -hmm. all of the fae they're gonna have a real problem with him right well and Beira has sort of introduced a variable into this particular game because she's told Danya not to let her yeah to be more aggressively and to be on the offensive when it comes to ash so that makes Danya act more on ashlyn's side where she's supposed to be kind of if not neutral, you know, vaguely antagonistic. Yeah, that she's supposed to encourage the potential summer queens to not trust Keenan and don't pick up the staff, don't even try it. But like from the get-go, Bira is like different. She's fucking up. She's not playing by the rules that the dark court set down. And Danya's just like, oh, this is not normal. Right. And that sort of inspires Danya to be more helpful than she might have otherwise. And then, of course, when they find out that she is most likely Kenan's king, Danya, because she cares about Kenan, wants this to work out well for both Kenan and Ashlyn. Yeah, because if she's the Summer Queen, Vera will no longer be as powerful. Danya, in her, you know, expectation, will still die, Mm -hmm. but everything will be better. And if she's the queen, how can you not let her take the test? Mm-hmm. Like, Danya's just a real good girl. <laughs> right, exactly. Danya's great. So she decides to take the test. Lo and behold, she's the summer queen. Everything is great. Oh, but it's not. Because, because suddenly Beira. Yeah, right? <laughs> the fucking mom. And then she kidnaps Danya and is going to kill them or torture them or has been torturing. And we've got a showdown So this whole part to me, like the ending felt rushed, which is like classic criticism, right? But you spend so much time with Ashlyn adjusting to her circumstances, Keenan adjusting, uh, Danya adjusting, everybody like having a lot of like thoughtful internal moments. And then as soon as Ashlyn decides to take the test, well, that's it, right? That's the end of the conflict for this book. So then all of a sudden, you know, Beira shows up, oh, Beira kidnaps Seth and Danya, and she's going to try to hurt Keenan and Ashlyn by hurting them. And the way that the scenes are laid out and described and written, it all just felt very perfunctory to me. Like, Mar was like, I kind of have to have an action scene, I guess, but like, I don't want to be here. Like, you don't want to be here. Let's just get through this. It's okay? like me trying to run a tabletop. I'm like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like, I don't want you to be rolling those D10s. <laughs> like, if we just all hold hands, we'll get through this together. Um, and we'll just all acknowledge that, like, maybe this isn't the best part. I think Bira was too good of a villain to not fucking murder her ass. I... Like, she was too evil and too willing to do terrible shit to survive to the next one. Well, yeah, and I think that Beira's death is necessary to set up the the ending for Danya. Yeah. Um, which, so, like, I don't have any complaints about how it went down. Just that the, I would have liked to see, like, so the thing is that Keenan, you know, him she and Ashley. do it right away. I think that's really the thing. I I would agree. I think that you could have played this out a little bit more, but I think, like, her Wait until plans, she's at the height of her power in midwinter. Right. But I think that. Obviously, what Mar wants is for Danya to be the queen, so we just kind of need to get yeah. rid of Beira. But I think that there could have been more to Keenan and Beira, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that if they had played into the emotion a little bit more of Keenan killing his mom, because he just offs her and then is like, sorry, we couldn't work it out. Peace. I know. <laughs> it was like, actually, I don't think that we can both be alive. You're correct, right? mother. And, like, it's what she deserves, but, like, then it kind of makes her death meaning, you know, it doesn't really have a lot of impact. You're just like, oh, I the bad lady's I thought it was interesting dead. that we learn late, late in the novel that mm-hmm. he spent any amount of time growing up with her. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I'm assuming it was, like, you know, he spends 20 years more, you know, like, growing up mm-hmm. and then is taken away to be the Summer King and whatever. Yeah. But it's like, you spent any amount of time in her household. Right. Even if it was only 20 years out of your past, you know, 900, Mm -hmm. that had to have left some kind of impression upon you. Like, it would have been really interesting for him to have ever considered that maybe she was just crazed with power. Not that I would have loved that. But like, and when I get my power, her power will be lessened and then we will be balanced and equal and she'll be balanced and equal or something and i'll have the mother that i grew up with back or something like we had no reason to want her to survive i think you're really hitting the issue which is that like vera is kind of an aesthetically cool villain but she doesn't have a lot going on internally (laughs) she is just an an evil queen she's so aesthetically good at being a villain yeah my god the descriptions of her Mm -hmm. Mm, delicious Yes, she's very, uh, you know, Kate Blanchett, Cinderella kind of vibes. I kept thinking about the mom from Beetlejuice, but make her super evil. I guess I don't. I'm not familiar enough with Beetlejuice. <gasps> she's played by, um, oh God, no. I'm it's Catherine O'Hara, myself. right? Thank you. Yes. And she's just so good. And she does like the weird statues and she gets mm. funky fucking outfits. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I imagine... I imagine her, I imagine Moira Rose being a super evil 50s housewife. Right, which is the whole the whole vibe. The um yeah. the parody of motherhood, I think is what Keenan mm, calls her yes. at some point. Mwah, parody of motherhood, very good. Which is like I symbolically, yes, but Beira just as a character doesn't have much going on. So when she <laughs> dies, you're like, eh, okay. She's the most fae of these characters. Yeah, yeah. So I think that the ending would have had a little bit more impact in that way if she and Keenan had had any sort of anything going on. You know, it occurs to me. Um, so, yes, and. Mm-hmm. 
she just wanted to do a murder and upset people <laughs> at that point. Right? Yeah, that's it. There was no, hello, sweetie. I have something that you want and you have something that I want. So mm. let's negotiate and I'll bind your powers again. And you can have Danya back and your queen can have Seth back. Let's right. negotiate. Like she spent this whole time being clever and vicious and she forgot to be clever at the end. Yes, that's fair. I There was something about like, oh, they know I took Seth, so I know they'll show up here. But she didn't have, there was no motive. It was just, I'm going to make them sad by murdering their lovers. <laughs> it was just fake capriciousness. Yeah. It was, it was like, we need the book to end now. So something exciting has to happen. <laughs> it has been 300 pages. <laughs> There've been a lot of thinking, a lot of walking around town, you know, montages. Yeah. There's been some sexy shit. We need some blood up in this shit. Yeah. We can't have this winter queen go before she gets to, like, really hurt somebody. <laughs> right. And she does. It's pre- She's pretty vicious. Yeah. God, when she kills, um, like, halfway through the book, she kills one of her hags. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that scene because the hag is, like, laughing that Danya has been failing the queen. Mm-hmm. And the queen is just like... I'm sorry, do you think this is funny? <laughs> and the hag is like, wait, 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 no, I don't mean it like that. She's like, knob death kiss. Right. <laughs> it's like, ooh, you are, uh, you have the temper here. Right. It's another, you know, failure of Beira as a monarch because she doesn't care about her people at all. Yeah. I like that the, at the end, the hags were like, it was way past her time. <laughs> right? Because that's what happens. You know, Beira dies. Keaton kills her. Ashlyn helps. They fucking sizzle her. It's great. They, they do. And then Danya takes over as the Winter Queen. And as you said, that was something that the hags sort of, if not engineered, knew was going to happen. And when Danya takes on, like when she feels the mantle sort of coming over her, she feels the other Winter Fae and she gives a shit. Yeah. Which is something that Beira clearly didn't. Yeah, Beira just, like, would use you in her household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, she's very, very cruel and not a very caring monarch. Mm-hmm. You know, Danya is clearly better for her people yeah. than that. It is good that Danya gets to be the queen at the end. I it, it is very good. And there's this moment where she's sort of a normal fae, but... She can feel like the mantle of queenhood coming on and Keenan, who with her as a mortal fae can finally like be with her because when she's the winter girl, they hurt each other. Yeah. And with her as a normal fae, he's like, no, we can finally be together. Like my queen wants to fuck somebody else. So it's totally fine. <laughs> if, like you, you and I. And Danya makes that choice not to just be something lesser for Keenan. Yes, she makes this choice. And it's not for him and it's not about him. Like, ugh, it's just so good because, like you said, she feels them and she knows that this is what she has to do and kind of like, not what she's destined for, but like, she can make this choice right now and everything will be better because who the hell else is going to do it? Right. And it's something that she wants. Yeah. It was interesting. The hag said something about we've waited for one who survived Winter's kiss or something. Mm hmm. And it's like, she had been given that, like, death kiss that Agnes had had, but hadn't been fully murdered by it. Mm -hmm. And when the hags were told by the queen, you know, kill the mortal and the winter girl, they didn't. Mm -hmm. And, like, she didn't know it, but, like, it was revealed after her death. Nope, they didn't fucking do that. They knew what they had on their hands. Right. 
Like, no, we got to keep this one. This one's good. <laughs> Don't throw it out. <laughs> It'll keep. <laughs> yeah, it's still fresh. So, yeah, so Danya makes that choice. And Ashlyn, we passed over it a little bit, but when Ashlyn comes to Keenan, she comes to him with conditions. She's like, oh, right. I will be your queen, but you have to give me these things. You have to let me go to school. You have to let me go to college. Seth is non-negotiable. I'm not going to fuck you. I'll be your co-worker. <laughs> I love the line, you want to keep him? She's like, I am keeping him. Yeah, right. We're not discussing this. Um, <laughs> so in that too, Ashlyn has also made her choices. Yeah. God, this guy has no power. It's great. Yeah. And that's one of the things that is recurrent in the book is this, this idea of like rules and choices, right? Where like, I think Mars said it somewhere, but the idea is that like, you keep choosing, even when mm. the choices are bad, you keep choosing and choosing and choosing until you get to a choice that is maybe better than the ones that you had to start with. And like, you know, the idea that there is a third choice, like it's not just the things that you're yeah. presented with. You don't have to follow these rules that are laid out for you by different authority figures. Right. Who don't have you and your best interests or desires right. in mind. It's interesting because it's like, here's your choice. Summer girl or... Potentially winter girl, potentially summer queen. What do you want to do? Well, I don't want to do either of those. All right. Well, <laughs> tough shit. Turns out you're definitely the summer queen. So what do you want to do? And she's like, I want to do what I want to do. Right. And like there isn't a magical third option, but Ashlyn does get to set her own terms. She's like, okay, I will yeah. take this choice, but under these conditions. Right. It's like, I don't have to do what you're telling me. You're telling me that I can do what I want. So. Here's what I want. <laughs> you definitely sort of, I know we talked a little bit in the the introduction about, you know, Mars rage that you were hoping to see. And you can kind of feel <laughs> that in this, like, I'm going to do what I want. It's good. It's after so many books where I've wanted characters to make the choices that they want to make. Mm hmm. As opposed to just being like, well, I have to, well, duty, well, family, well, right? whatever. I mean, what was the Mavra if not following all these stupid arbitrary rules to their own detriment, <laughs> right? Oh, well, prophecy. Right. Like, literally, prophecy, there will be a summer queen. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she will do what she fucking wants. The end. Yeah, exactly. It is about not adhering to the rules that society has given you, which is... Not something that the Mavras have ever heard of. <laughs> God, even the grandmother in this, where it's like mentioned a couple times that she's very pro-women's rights mm -hmm. and is like modern and ahead of her time when she was younger. And you're just like, yeah, awesome. Everyone around you is very good. Well, even, even that uh, dynamic is interesting, right? Because part of the rules that Ashlyn has to learn to break out of are the ones that her grandmother has given her. Yes. And those were there to protect her. Right. She like she cares about her. She cares about her safety. But those rules were keeping her from living her life, you know? There's a good line about it later in the book where it's like, everything became about the Fae. So even like mundane things were, mm -hmm. well, how will they react if I do whatever? It's like they became central to her life. So she never actually got to do what she wanted right it was something about like not not just outside their home but even inside their home their grandmother was yeah. worried about what the fae might react to mm -hmm. um something we haven't touched on was that her mother who died in childbirth 
for Ashling was a previous girl Keenan had gone after, Moira. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't obviously the queen, and she didn't become a summer girl. It's implied that he knew she was special, but never quite, you know, knew why. So I wonder if he dreamed of her or not. But like he felt drawn to her, but he he like left her alone, and she like ran away, and like fucked a lot of dudes, <laughs> and got pregnant, and. You know, he was like, I'll wait for you. And she's like, I do not fucking want this. And it's kind of implied that maybe her mom killed herself after Ashling was born. I think that is the implication, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, she's told it was childbirth, but when it comes down to it, it's it's implied that she killed herself. Right, because she did survive Ashling's birth. I think that's right? pretty explicit. <laughs> yup. He was like, I would have taken her and the child. And it's like, she did not want that. Well, I think that's the most specific thing about whether or not she was the queen was that she never took the test she died rather than take the test or become a summer girl yes so it's entirely possible that she was and like passed it on yeah she has a short story in one of the short story collections oh nice Mm -hmm. i find it interesting that we know that ashling her mom and her grandmom have the site i wonder how far back in their family that goes And if it started with the grandmother, what caused that? I think that Cold Iron Heart might be about that. Cool. Mm -hmm. That's good. Because that is a question I walk away with going, it's not important to this plot, but I am curious about it. Listen, Melissa Mars got you. Are you curious about something? Have (laughs) these short stories. (laughs) Thank you, Melissa Mar, for having my back. She's more LJ than LJ at this point. Well, because LJ is only writing these things. Melissa is actually putting them out there. Publishing them, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to finding a reading order for for all these short stories is fucking impossible. (laughs) But I do want to sort of keep up with these short stories as we go through the series. There are so fucking many. (laughs) She's got like three books of them. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, ultimately, Danya becomes queen. Ashlyn also becomes queen. Uh, She keeps Seth. Her and Keenan resolve to be co-workers. Hooray! And then we get an epilogue that should have been a (laughs) cutscene. I feel like this epilogue was cute, but entirely useless and maybe deflated the ending a little bit it's it read like a short story yeah just like a little what happened after the curtains closed basically ashlyn arranged for Danya and keenan to see each other on the solstice appropriately enough to be able to be together as a couple um in a way that they had not been before it's really interesting because when she is becoming the winter queen Danya tells Keenan that she loves him and Keenan doesn't say it back because he's so mm-hmm. upset with her. Mm-hmm. And so she freaks out about like this power that she's given away by confessing that to him. And when she comes back to him in the epilogue, there's a really interesting element of I'm coming here to be with the man I love, but also if I fuck him, he'll be easier to manipulate. And that's not <laughs> why I'm doing this, but it might be a little bit why I'm doing this. I love where she's like, but it would be foolish not to exploit this. <laughs> right? And it's like, there's this really interesting sort of mercenary aspect of like, it's not just about him and me, it's about our courts. Not like, anymore. I am yeah. responsible for other people, and that complicates my relationship with this person that I love, and I like that Mar doesn't forget that. 
Mm-hmm. It's very good because it's like you can see that she is a queen. You know, mm-hmm. she is a ruler. She cares about her people. Mm-hmm. And she has to care about her ability to negotiate with a monarch of another court, even if it is Keenan. Yep. It's very interesting and I like it. Mm-hmm. But it's true. It was it made the epilogue a little a little on the fat side. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they, you know, cut the epilogue is common advice. And in this one you're like, yeah. Yeah. I loved I would I would have been sad to lose the scene of the first day of winter though. Yeah, I think that would have been a better ending, maybe. Yeah, that that was great because we see Danya embracing her power. I love watching her out on the the ice of the river and Ashling comes out and, you know, speaks to her briefly and like that was good. Mm-hmm. That's as far as we needed. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then it gets to be about these two girls who have found their new positions and you yeah. know, have embraced their power on their own terms. Absolutely, cuz Ashling is of course the main character of the book. Mm-hmm. But Danya opened the book. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So it felt right to have it go out on her being happy. Mm-hmm. I feel like it did anyway. Yeah, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And that's Wicked Lovely. That is. Like I said, I didn't want it to end. I was enjoying it. I still think Holly Black is the better fay writer. I agree. I think that was part of what was missing for me reading this was that I was not as immersed in the prose as I was with Holly Black. Like, I think there were especially some parts in the beginning where the writing was very repetitive and I super noticed it. Not as much when I picked it back up, but in the beginning there, I was like, this feels like a first book. Yeah, the first like 100 pages didn't pull me in too hard. Mm -hmm. But once once we really started dealing with the Fae stuff, I was like, this is great. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying Mars World. Mm Mm-hmm. And the world building. I'm curious about the other courts. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about like how the summer court and the winter court actually are. Mm-hmm. So we've seen very small pieces of them. Right. And there was this sense of blue collar to this world, but without that holly black grittiness. Yes. It has a very alternative aesthetic. Yeah. But it's like... But Holly Black, we've discussed when she's described the alternative aesthetic, mm-hmm. you you fucking believe it. And I don't disbelieve it of Mar. No. But, like, I feel like she's friends with a bunch of these people. She's not actually out there doing it. I think the difference is, like, Black's characters all have to grapple with the sort of blue-collar aspect in a way that Ashlyn doesn't. Yeah. Because we don't know, like, I mean, obviously her grandmother had been, you know, handed her a wad of cash being like, I've been saving this since your mom died. Mm -hmm. But there's no, she does not carry her poverty. I'm not even sure she's poor. No, and you know, she doesn't have to be. um, No, of course not. Of course not. (laughs) It is a very striking difference between like Kay, whose poverty was like integral to her character. And then there's a point in this book where her grandmother was telling Ashlyn, you have to take a taxi everywhere you go. And I was like... It's super expensive. I had the same thought. And so I was like, all right, well, clearly they're at least middle class. Right? Or at least we are not worrying about that. That is not part of this world. 
right now. Right, like grandma's like, I'll dip into the money you don't know that I've been saving just to make sure. Right, like this is just a demonstration of grandmother's concern for your safety and we're not going to face it in terms of like <laughs> ignore economic money. yeah like that's the economics i think the thing is that economics are not a part of this book which is fine yes but it is still something that is aware for clearly you and me mm-hmm. having come from the holly black world mm-hmm. being folks who do look at take a taxi everywhere yeah <laughs> so much money i'm sweating <laughs> So there was this little bit of can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's it. You know, there are a lot of books with characters who are more explicitly affluent. And yeah, at which point that becomes like a fantasy of, oh, how fun. Yeah. But this is sort of a, you know, what what the fuck does Seth do? How does he own to... And where are his parents? I think they did say at some point that like... He his parents like died or something. He used the insurance money or some shit to to buy these trains. Okay, you're right. I think that was early on. I feel like that was a thing. But then it doesn't matter. It's like, what do you do? Do you sell drugs? I would be happy if you sold drugs. It would be great if he sold drugs. But it's... here's a second cart, and we're not allowed to go back in there except we need to like go to the bathroom. And there's two doors, and one's his bedroom, and one is the green room. Yeah. So like it flirts with and it brushes against like some edgier stuff. But Holly Black, you know. Just wrist deep in that. Yeah. Maybe up to the elbow. <laughs> I was going to do like a pull metaphor, but no, it's fine. <laughs> we can do fisting. That's great. Um. <laughs> Melissa's Mars world is like, tee hee hee, I'm mm-hmm. touching you there. <laughs> and Holly Black's like, let me get in there. Gotta get some lube on this thing. Just, uh. Yeah, we're going to check for cancer while we're in here. Don't worry. <laughs> Right. And in the Holly Black world, you would have cancer. Oh my God. Yes. And again, it's not a criticism. No. It's, it's just different. different. And I prefer. Yes. I prefer the fisting. It's more relatable. The fisting is more relatable. <laughs> uh, so maybe that was part of why I didn't connect as much because it, it all felt a little glossy. <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i agree it had less connection to the reality that i'm used to yeah but i think that the the concept is so good so mm. good if you just tell people like hey this book is about a guy who has to continually find women to take this test to be his summer queen and he has to make them fall in love with him. And if they don't choose to take the test, they, you know, basically sacrifice their, like, individuality and become his, yeah. like, harem. And if they do take the test, they love him enough to take this test. Then they're cursed with the inability to ever be with him. Because, like, nine times out of ten. hundred times out of a hundred. Right. You are going to, like, have to live knowing that he has somebody who is the queen and it wasn't you wasn't you god i think that's why i love danya so much right danya's situation is super tragic and it's very good nom 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 yeah and then you know the fact that she gets to fucking own it at the end and be a queen is like thank god right you deserve this girl thank you melissa mar 
But there's also like a really fun aspect of like the winter girls who came before. Mm-hmm. So like you have this sort of line of girls who've loved Keenan enough to try or whatever. Over 900 years. And this one's only been here for 80. Right. And um, what's it? The manga is about one of those girls, like one of the ones oh, nice. before. And it's just, it's really interesting. Like, oh yeah, there are a bunch of girls before her. What is, what the fuck is their life like after? Mm-hmm. And she says she would just become a regular fae. Yeah, just a normal fae. So there's others just out there in what court, no court. Because there was that too. Like, there's the high court, the dark court, the summer court, the winter court. And then there's just like unaffiliated. Yeah, independent fae. And so... They're probably just out there. And it's like, God, where's your community? Where's your support? You know, Danya, when we, you know, first meet her in the modern day, she's like, nobody comes near me. Like, even Evan, she's like, wow, that's the first time you used my name. Right? The summer girls all hate her because they think she's being mean to Keenan. Oh, my God. That was so funny. She's like, why are you doing this to him? And it's like, you took... You didn't take the test, right? so you don't know. I explained the rules to you, though. Like, you know. Right? Like, we, she, like, grabs her by the shoulders, and she's like, you know. We've talked you about this. You know I'm doing this. I've talked about this with you for weeks. And she said, don't want to do it sounds scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't blame you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was good. I look forward to the next one. They are big books, though. They are hefty. This one was, it was what? 320, 30? 328. And the last half went fast. Right? And the destination was worth it enough. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good read. I would recommend it mm-hmm. to folks. There's obviously some heavy content warnings. Oh, for sure. Which is tough. Mm-hmm. But again, I like that there was a lot of on screen discussion of consent. Mm hmm. I like that there was on screen the king being like, wait, but would I be good for her? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I would be. <laughs> yeah, Keenan has to reckon with a lot of shit. Yeah, it's good. He's, like you said, the, the idea that he's not doing this because it's a love triangle and he loves her, but because he's like, I literally have to find you. You need to pick up this staff right? because I'll die. My people will die. You are now one of my people. You will die. All of your human friends will die. <laughs> It's much more interesting than just a a normal fairy romance. Right. And then that whole, again, that whole dichotomy of like, even though he has good motivations, like he still, he still doesn't see Ashlyn as a real person until she forces him to. So. Yeah. I'm glad, so glad that by the end it wasn't all erased. Yeah. I was nervous about that because of course this is my first Melissa Marr outing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was nervous about Seth the whole time, thinking he was going to be a problem. <laughs> um, the older dude who used to be his dad's um, advisor, which Tavish. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm like, I can't remember which one's which. I was worried about him. I'm like, is he working for Bira? Me too. I also was like, is Tavish a bad guy? Did I forget that? Right. Like, oh, you've been helping him for 900 years. And? Right. Maybe he wants to continue to him to continue to be a baby king or something. I don't know. Right? Like, what do you get out of being this? Like, what happens if he becomes a king? Like, there were all kinds of moments where I'm just like, this could go badly. That was really interesting, though, like, to have Tavish not turn out to be a bad guy. So instead, it's just this dynamic of, like, toxic masculinity and Niles less toxic masculinity, you know? (laughs) Right. Oh, God. Okay, so that scene. Oh, that was rough, right? Yeah, where he... 
the younger one, even though he's like Niall. still older than than Keenan, has Keenan's guards move what is going to be an assault and rape mm-hmm. into like the path of their walk. Where it's like he takes some winter court sprites and a dark court sprite like a wood sprite Mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah yeah yeah, that's fine they can keep doing that just like put them tell them to go do it in this alleyway right so that like keenan can see and i can yell at him about is this what you want to do to her boy right what you want to do to seth you want to sick some of the summer girls on him this that's no different than what you're seeing right here and keenan's like no it would be different because i would be doing it (laughs) miles just like look again do you think she's enjoying them attacking her like this? Mm-hmm. He's like, do you really want us to become that? And like, eventually he's like, stop, you know, stop what's happening. But I'm like, you let that go on way too fucking long, my dude. Well, yeah. And even then, that's Niall using a female fae as like a lesson yeah. for Keenan. Yeah. She didn't matter. Nope. It was wild. Yeah. I was like, you guys are, whew. And like, I, again, appreciate the way that the fae in this book are very fey mm-hmm. and i can like not forgive what they do but i can look at it and go yep makes sense they're fey but yeah it's like <laughs> even him sitting there being like whoa man you can't force this girl to like you whoa man you can't like jonathan harker and a bunch of sexy vampires for <laughs> seth guy <laughs> yeah right but he's still like uh, c- come over here and watch this assault in, in action it's it's a very interesting dynamic niall is one of the protagonists of the next book Oh, shit. So maybe we'll get some more development on that. All right. Very interesting. Very interesting. I th- there anything else you wanted to chat about? No, I think that was everything. I don't think there was anything else for me. I didn't have any timeline issues. It was great. <laughs> there was one point where she mentioned like a time, like X hours later. Mm-hmm. And then in X hours, something was going to happen. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> And then I was like, doesn't matter, keep moving. <laughs> but I did have that brief moment of, how dare you mention a specific number of hours in front of me? All the people in your brain started waking up. They're like, oh, oh, we got a number. We got a number. We got, Jack. Guys, boop, 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 boop. Everybody, ring, 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 ring. Let's go. <laughs> the printouts start going. Right. And then you're like, no, no, everybody stop. go back to sleep. <laughs> right. It's like, because... It doesn't matter. And they're like, false alarm, false alarm, everybody get back to work. <laughs> and it was because it was still Friday. I'm like, whew, okay, it's not Saturday, we're fine. <laughs> like, it really didn't matter how many hours it had been, and it doesn't matter how, in how many hours it will be, it's still the same day, you're fine. It's fine. I am curious about fan art for this series and i think that's something i'm going to look forward to looking up when we're done with the series because mm-hmm. i don't want to get any spoilers okay but i feel like so many of these characters are so aesthetic mm-hmm. there's just gotta be fan art so my favorite thing is that in the manga keenan shows up a couple times and he's the most bishonen bishonen to ever bishonen Oh, he's got like super long hair. His fucking copper hair. Copper hair. And like, I did not picture him as having super long hair when I first read this. No, me neither. But now I just, I just picture Manga Keenan. I'm like, this is fine. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. In my head, he just has like that shock of, of 
coppery orangey hair mm-hmm. that looks a little bit on the you would worry it would be crispy. <laughs> oh yeah. He's using like the LA looks gel on it, you know? Yes. But if you touch it, it's not. <laughs> it's fine. It's soft. Alright, I'm good. I would recommend it. Would you recommend it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a good quality book, this thing. Slaps book. Yeah. This baby will get you so far. <laughs> this book will entertain you for the hours in which you are reading it. <laughs> and you won't feel gross or weird afterwards. Ah, oh, right? Thank you. You won't walk away from it filled with rage, I hope. <laughs> right? Not that we want to, like, purity test the novels that we recommend, but, like, this book generally pretty politically sound oh side note i did like that ashlyn was going to college to study political science to be a better monarch (laughs) that was very cute (laughs) seth was like i'm gonna go for philosophy you're gonna go for poli sci it's like you know what good for you ashlyn taking this seriously maybe bring um collective order to your your court yeah it's like do you have to be so separate perhaps not we'll find out yeah (laughs) <laughs> it would be very interesting if other Faye were like, what is this college thing? Ashlyn just brings, like, Faye education to the masses. <laughs> she hands them her, her textbooks. <laughs> Never gets her deposit back. I, I know, right? She, like, tries to give it to the summer girls, but then they just use it to make, like, bow ties. They would do little origami. Yeah. <laughs> little right, we had that one making origami leaves. They just use it to make really ineffective condoms. <laughs> I mean, with the wood sprites, <laughs> just, just wrap it around. It's fine. Right? That's how you get wood sprite pregnant. <laughs> uh, it's, um, I'm not gonna ask questions. I was gonna ask questions about the future stuff, but we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, it's it's all right. We've got five more books and etc. All right, but we've got Nano coming up in November, and we will not be recording in November. Okay. So people should not expect anything from us in December. And honestly, these books are so big, I feel like I need more time between them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can find uh, fun things to do between books. Yeah, that might be better to do. Or maybe read some of the short stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could be good. Just something to have, something going on. But like, I need I need more time between the recording of like a giant ass book. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. We'll be back next time. What's the next one? Is it Ink Exchange? Ink Exchange, which is the one that I remember being the best one. Okay. So we'll read Ink Exchange for the next one. And I hope that everybody who happened to pick up Wicked Lovely, and I hope that some of you did because too many of you picked up the last season's right? one and you shouldn't have. At least this one looks good on your shelf. Right? It's so pretty. Mm-hmm. All right. Let us know uh, what you think. You can find us on Twitter for now at Backless Podcast. <laughs> yep. It keeps being a terrible place. What a useless place. <laughs> so useless. All right. But for now, we're on there at for Backless now. Podcast. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe. And I'm Olivia Hennis. <laughs> and you? I'm, listen, I'm Endless Run. Uh, and you can also find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash backlist and chill. We do have an exclusive Patreon-only episode that was real fun uh, and that you probably statistically should be interested in. 
statistically. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast. Right, those who listen to this podcast. You'd probably be interested in our Patreon-only episodes. So, you know, maybe kick us a couple of dollars. About. Oh, okay. We did Phantom of the Opera with our good friend Raven. Hi, Raven. Hi, Raven. And it was very, very stupid and very fun. <laughs> So you should go listen to it that was, episode. It was really nice to do the episode with Raven. It was. Raven is great. Um, yeah, so that is up for patrons only. Maybe it'll go non-patron only in the future. Who knows? Yeah, probably in a couple months. But for now, Patreon. Do it. Yep. Join us. Yep. Awesome. All right, we'll see you next time, or you'll hear us, mm-hmm. for Ink Exchange by yeah. Melissa Marr. Bye. Bye. Bye.